Hey, Freedom Jumpers, friends, and first-time listeners, this is the Agency Freedom Podcast. We we take our listeners from captive to indie to market domination. I'm your host, James Jenkins. Welcome to episode 52. This is a fork in the road. This is a turning point for this podcast, uh, as we will get uh, to talking about here in just a second. The topic for this episode, this solo episode, is twofold. It is first sharing with you the natural evolution of what it means uh, for us to approach the topics that we do, agency freedom. And the second is a sort of therapy session where I pull back the curtains a little bit uh, on my personal journey and provide some context uh, for you to better understand Uh, some of the things that come out of my mouth, Uh, and certainly uh, to some of you, uh, an outright apology uh, for a couple of things. Uh, So anyways, this is the very last episode that you are going to hear the tagline, we take our listeners from captive to indie to market domination. Uh, As we will discuss in this episode, the narrative uh, has evolved uh, from when we started back in episode one. And we've simply moved beyond that, kind of like uh, someone in adolescence, you know, going through those awkward preteen years, uh, you grow up and what used to work isn't necessary anymore. Uh, There are uh, lots of things that happen naturally over time, and I'm really excited to share some of them uh, with you here in this episode. So our tagline moving forward is Agency Freedom Podcast. We help insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. And it's really that simple as we will uh, jump into uh, in this episode. So before we get to the content, I have the same three requests I always have. Please subscribe to AFP on the platform of your choice. Drop us a review if that's something that you're into. Most importantly, please share Agency Freedom Podcast with someone in your circle who can benefit from what we are doing here. We are 100% free and we always will be. So let's hit that bumper and get started with episode 52. There are two kinds of people in the insurance industry. Those who are captive and those who are free. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast. There is so much I wish I would have known before I made the freedom jump to the independent side. I mean, even now, I feel like I'm learning something new every single month. We're all about helping insurance agency owners and sales professionals reach your maximum potential and flex your Freedom. My team and I replaced six years of captive agency revenue in 17 months with Riskwell. 17 months, man. It's crazy. This show is where I share our successes, our failures, and what I've learned along the way. We lay out a blueprint of how to make your freedom jump from captive to indie to market domination. I'm bringing you colleagues from markets across the country with dozens of different specialties. They're eager to share their stories and best practices with you. I'm your host, James Jenkins. Welcome to Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go. All right, welcome to episode 52, the content here. And I'm just going to jive, jive, <laughs> dive right in to 
uh, what we are going to be talking about here. Like I said in the intro, the content of this episode really is twofold, and it serves uh, first part as kind of a strategic planning update to let you know where we are uh, in light of where we have come from, uh, the content map uh, that has uh, been part of the first 51 episodes prior to this, and then where we're going from here, what you can expect uh, from this podcast and where it fits in the bigger picture of your agency, of the industry as a whole, and of the other people in our ecosystem, the other podcast, the other content creators that you most likely are at least aware of if you're not actively consuming. Then the second part uh, is going to be uh, pulling back the curtain on some context and backstory, talking about effective communication in a social media and a digital context and some of the major differences between digital and face-to-face communication. So I'm just going to get started here. When I was first approached uh, back in March of 2021 uh, by Mr. Jason Cass, uh, and he reached out and said, hey, you've been a really popular guest on three other podcasts. Your numbers are really good. Uh, I'd like to see you uh, consider doing your own podcast. Uh, He was recruiting me for Uh, his network, which uh, I have since joined and several other people have in the last year. And gosh, there's a lot of really fantastic content on the uh, Insurance Podcast Network. Uh, Lots of other uh, people that you can listen to in a convenient feed. Uh, So anyway, shout out to Cass for the opportunity. I am forever grateful to him for pulling me into the podcast game because I initially said no. I said I don't have time for that. Uh, There is a lot of things that I'm trying to accomplish with RiskWell and my team deserves my full attention. Uh, He basically said, no, I don't think you understand the opportunity that you're missing. You need to do a podcast. And I said, well, if I was going to do one, what would it be about? And he said, I don't know. You can make it whatever you want it to be. Uh, Just, you know, choose your topic wisely because, you know, there's lots of other podcasts out there. And I took the weekend to think about it. And uh, what came out of that is what Hopefully, you've been listening to for a bunch of episodes. If you have just found us recently, then definitely suggest you take full advantage of the back catalog. There's some really good stuff in year one. You can hear over the course of listening to a bunch of episodes that I have become a lot more comfortable and more, you know, finding my skin as a podcast host and, you know, getting better at asking questions and becoming a good interviewer. You know, no one's ever going to be you know, Larry King or John or John Letterman, whoever John Letterman is. I'm just making up names now, but uh, I, I'm never going to be uh, on that level. But uh, it's definitely been a, a noticeable improvement uh, in my abilities of delivering a good interview and getting good stuff out of our guests. Uh, but over the course of the first year, we really tried uh, to set this, this narrative where we're putting pieces of the puzzle together, uh, presenting the concerns that everybody has uh, in the agency world in the first seven episodes. And then starting with uh, with Allison, my wife, uh, in episode eight, and then Jerry Connery in episode nine, and Jason Cass in 10, and so on. Uh, everything from there uh, really has been about creating this ecosystem of really good information that you can listen to in podcast form and get questions answered and help you identify landmines in your business. And for those that are moving from the captive world to the independent world, try to, as much as possible, uh, present a blueprint of sorts uh, to deliver a a comprehensive and cohesive narrative of 
What do you need to be aware of? What are the boxes that need to be checked as you are launching an agency and getting it off the ground and helping it be successful? And over the course of 51 episodes, we've been pretty thorough on a bunch of different topics, you know, from having uh, guests on that are, you know, CEOs of carriers uh, to people uh, in the sales and marketing and consulting world uh, from underwriters and all the way through to different agencies and agents and principals that are doing very cool things uh, in a variety of ways and then having supporting uh, companies and and verticals like Home Warranty with Matan Slachter and Armadillo uh, and the other people from outside of the agency and carrier uh, channels that we've had in the last 51 episodes. A couple of pieces that are missing noticeably. Uh, We haven't had an actuary yet. We haven't talked about embedded yet. Uh, We haven't had uh, some more of these nuanced conversations like we will uh, in about a month. Um, I think four or five weeks from now, you guys are going to get to hear from a Power Women panel uh, that we've pulled together uh, of six uh, agency principals who are women. uh, And we've also intentionally included uh, minority women as well because they obviously have a different perspective. Uh, but one of the things I really, really wanted to pull in as we move into our second year is be a lot more intentional about uh, delivering nuanced messaging and more tactical and specific practical things that you can do in your agency. Because there's a very natural shift uh, that has occurred. And you know, going back and listening to the first few episodes, It's interesting to me that I thought I had any idea uh, who my audience was. And I was, you know, in the very early episodes, I was telling you who you were, which now as I look back on it is is pretty silly, actually, because the audience is from all over the place. Uh, There's lots of people listening that I had no idea were listening, but I get comments and messages and emails of, hey, I really enjoyed this episode. And I'm thinking, wait. You're listening to my podcast? Oh, I had no idea. You're not an agency owner. You're not a sales professional. Uh, you may not even be in the industry. You know, there's a few of them, but it it seems ridiculous and presumptuous for me to think that I would ever have any idea who's listening to this thing. So, uh, for you out there that are listening, and uh, I have not acknowledged uh, who you are as you know demographic, whatever industry or role that you're in. Uh, I'm glad you're here and. Welcome. Please let me know if there's anything I can help you with or you know, topics that you want to hear to make this thing more interesting and more useful. So I am uh, getting off on a tangent. The point that I want to make here in the very beginning of this thing is the natural evolution of agency freedom and why we're doing away with the tagline of we help our listeners go from captive to indie to market domination is that part kind of has run its course with the content in the first year. And there are some things that I have come to realize from talking to all of these people uh, on the show and the many hundreds of conversations that I've had uh, face-to-face and uh, on social and through other communication of what people are getting from AFP and what they want to get from AFP. And I realized that there is this false dichotomy of captivity and freedom because the reality is, and and I really have to pause and, and reflect on the gravity of what I'm about to say, but there are plenty of independent agents 
who are still living in captivity. And captivity itself is not limited to the carrier that you have a contract with, you know, the farmers and state farms in all states of the world. You can be a fully independent agent representing a bunch of different carriers and still be living in all different forms and kinds of captivity. You know, an independent agent can still be captive to tired and stale, outdated ways of thinking, captive to bad sales and marketing tactics, captive to an empty pipeline, captive to a team uh, that is ruling you, that is running the show, where you're afraid of your team or what they might say or do, you know, captive to a carrier relationship that you feel may not be a good fit, but you don't know what to do with them. You don't know how to get rid of them. Captive to your prospect because you don't have enough strategies going on to command your sales pipeline. So the prospects that come to you on their own, they have more power over you than they should. I I could go on and on, but I think uh, you get the point here. There are so many different kinds of captivity, far more dangerous than just the carrier that you represent because it's fairly straightforward process. Not to reduce it down or insult anyone who's in the middle of this transition, this freedom jump of moving from a captive carrier relationship to an independent one. But that process really is quite simple and straightforward. It has a definite beginning point. It has a definite end point. And there are very well-defined steps in the process. You know, you notify your carrier of your intent to sell. You find a buyer. You negotiate with said buyer. You wait for the lawyers to do their thing and both sides sign off on it and then the carrier signs off on it and then you enter your non-solicit, non-compete period and you're done and you launch your independent agent and here we go. There are many other kinds of captivity that are simply not as well-defined and not nearly as easy and straightforward to navigate that don't have a definitive beginning and end point. As we move forward into the second year of this podcast, the first year as I am beginning an actual agency freedom uh, that is a company that is at some point going to be uh, a paid consulting company uh, that will have some sort of mastermind, that will have some sort of uh, membership-based community down the line. I don't know exactly what that looks like, but that's the direction that we are heading at some point. For now, the only thing that you have to uh, be concerned about or be even aware of from Agency Freedom Branding is this podcast and the live weekly shop talk calls that are completely free and will be for quite some time, definitely several months uh, into the future. They will remain 100% free. So as we move into the next evolution of Agency Freedom, I think it's really important to acknowledge a natural evolution in the narrative of what we are talking about uh, and how the content will evolve to become more tactical, more practical, more nuanced, so we can reflect the industry uh, that we exist inside of and to be more useful uh, as a commentator on the industry and to help you take the desired action uh, to drive positive change in your agency and help you get more of what you want from this podcast, which is uh, some form of entertainment, uh, something to keep you interested, 
but also to give you useful information, timely information that you can deploy in whatever way you see fit for your team, for your success, for your agency, for the benefit of your families and your team's families. Because when you peel out the layers of the onion, that really is what we are all about, is helping our peers, me helping my peers get closer to what they want, closer to the ideal version of your uh, industry, your agency. So anything that I can do to advance at that objective is going to have my full attention. And when it becomes clear that evolution uh, in the narrative that updates in how we are approaching this, that's going to happen as rapidly as I become uh, aware and digest these things. A lot of that comes from feedback from you, our loyal listener, our freedom jumper, and then just having dialogue with so many people in the industry uh, that impact the entire process. So anything else I say there is definitely going to be rambling. So uh, I think that really is uh, the point here. Uh, You can ask, hey, what is the end game? What is your ultimate objective? Where do you see agency freedom uh, coming in? Well, I think if I were to dream out loud for a second, you know, you fast forward a couple of years, agency freedom is a place uh, where agents that uh, align with our values, with our vision, with my values and vision of where uh, the industry is and the sort of preparation and action that agency principals and sales professionals need to be taking, that we are creating this community and this mastermind program uh, with some kind of regular meeting uh, on a probably bi-weekly basis. Now, it's something that is able to be a source of answers, of inspiration, of accountability for like-minded professionals in similar ways to uh, the agency intelligence uh, mastermind or killing commercial or uh, Mike Stromso's uh, unlimited profit producer or these other groups uh, that have rallied around specific uh, vision and values. I think that is definitely something uh, that I would like to see in the future for agency freedom. And of course, a kick-ass podcast that delivers exactly what the audience uh, needs and wants, even the things they're not yet aware that they need or want. That idea of being a buffet of good ideas where you can take what you like and just leave the rest uh, because somebody else is going to have different preferences uh, and needs and desires than you. So I think that's really it for uh, the first segment of this episode. Hey, Freedom Jumper, are you looking to take your business to the next level? Who isn't, right? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS. At Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, they understand the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing marketplace. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique or outlandish they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and guidance you need to see your agency succeed, Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't just survive in the competitive insurance industry. Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. Get started today. Learn more at nbsbrokerage.com. So now we'll just pivot to the second part where I'm going to get a little bit um, 
personal, perhaps for some of you, uh, too personal, and that's okay. Uh, feel free to skip ahead or just <laughs> turn off the episode at whatever point you feel like, okay, well, this is not what I want to be listening to right now, whatever. I'm going to provide some personal context here, a little bit of backstory, uh, and then unpack some of my thoughts on communication in a social and digital context and how it's really different and how it needs to be different uh, and, and enacted differently and treated differently than face-to-face communication and share openly in, in some of the ways that I have failed uh, to do that in the most beneficial and healthiest way possible. So to roll back the curtain a lot of years, and this is something that, to be transparent, I am unpacking uh, with a professional counselor uh, and a, an executive coach uh, in a one-part therapy, one-part mindset coaching. Um, and that has been really helpful to unpack just my journey uh, personally and professionally of where I am right now. And all of that, of course, as a podcast host, it gets tossed in as ingredients in the melting pot. For whatever reason, a lot of people have decided that I have some good ideas that I have value uh, to speak into the overall narrative in the industry. So I think it's useful for you to better understand where some of the context and backstory is because it definitely informs the words that come out of my mouth, the attitudes and sentiments that are shared with you in this podcast uh, and anything else you see from me on social uh, or digital communication. So if I'm being completely uh, transparent with you, uh, there has been a you know, prove yourself kind of attitude going all the way back into preteen years. Uh, my parents made the decision to homeschool me back in grade school. I was homeschooled K through 12. And there's definitely some very strong benefits to uh, that way of educating a child. Uh, for me, there was some very serious negative side effects. The most obvious of one uh, was social development. And for a lot of years, all the way through college and you know the first half of college for sure, uh, I was very much uh, an outsider. And I developed a prove myself kind of attitude of walking into every situation uh, with a, an assumption that I am an outsider, that people here uh, don't like me, uh, have low expectations of me, and I have to prove that I'm worthy of anything. Uh, prove it socially, prove it in achievement with teachers or uh, you know, bosses and whatever in, in a professional context. I've always been the outsider. I've always been the challenger uh, who doesn't have a tribe, who doesn't have uh, anyone to my left or right, who is uh, a lone ranger of sorts and has to go it alone and scrape and claw and attack for everything that I'm able to to get. So that has has been the story over the course of years and years. And then I enter an industry where I don't know anything. Uh, going back to episode one, my wife and I moved to Dallas with $1,200 in the bank, no natural market, no prospects, no understanding of this industry, and literally started from zero. And by God's grace and a whole bunch of hustle, uh, have made this thing work. But a lot of those challenges, a lot of those um, you know, negative self-talk and problematic assumptions inside my own head still carried with me through my time as a farmer's agent. Uh, it created challenges towards having authentic and genuine friendships with people uh, because I still had the prove yourself uh, mentality, even with my peers 
uh, in my district at Farmers, there was still uh, this competitive nature of in order for me to win, someone else has to lose. And feeling this inferiority complex, if we're being honest, that's really what it is, an inferiority complex where uh, there is fear-based thinking, where if I don't scrape and claw and take whatever I can get, that I'm going to lose, uh, that I'm not going to have the things that I want. It's definitely a red ocean way of thinking, uh, to use current terminology. It's also incredibly toxic uh, and it resulted in a lot of anxiety of the chronic sort uh, and depression, uh, both in a, a chemical, uh, but also just, you know, between your ears kind of depression. So what, what do I do? Uh, why am I doing that here? Why am I sharing this with you here? Because it is something that I have still uh, dealt with as, as a weakness, as a negative side effect of being a very strong type A personality, of being a driver, of being someone who holds himself to an extremely high standard, an, an unhealthy, impossible to achieve high standard. Because what I have found is even accidentally, uh, that same high standard is applied uh, to virtually every social interaction, uh, even unknowingly. And what that comes across as in going back to our conversation, um, our, our touch point a little bit of social media and digital communication, the way that that comes across is harshness uh, in a, a condescending or a cockiness in communication. And that is really unfortunate. And it's something that has been a hindrance uh, for me in an in a interpersonal context in our industry for a long time. And I've been really grateful. I have enjoyed the uh, careful critique, the thoughtful accountability from a number of people uh, over the last few years in varying capacities. And I've taken ground here and ground there. But it really comes to a point now uh, after a couple of conversations that happened uh, in, in Kansas City at Brainshare last week, where my good friend and mentor, David Carruthers, and yes, Allison, I said his name again. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's a running joke with uh, my wife uh, how many episodes uh, have explicitly or implicitly uh, mentioned uh, Dave and, and you know what he's doing with Killing Commercial and Power Producers Podcast and whatever. So, yep, there you go, Allison. Check off another episode where I, I said Carruthers' name. Um, he, he and I were at dinner and he commented, gave me some really specific advice and said, hey, you know what? I get questions about you really often uh, where people are asking him, hey, what's the deal with Jenkins in some capacity? And the critique that he offered was very interesting. And I think this might be useful for some other people out there. But he said, hey, when you are sending a message or a comment on social, the first sentence of that message generally is, abrasive and too direct and comes across potentially as condescending or cocky or demeaning in some fashion. And he encouraged me to reflect on potentially eliminating the first sentence and simply answering the question without, you know, having some kind of a statement like, well, everybody knows or any smart person knows or, you know, something along those lines where it's, it's dismissive, it's cocky, it's arrogant, and it's not who I want to be. It's not who I intend to be. And unfortunately, uh, I come across that way in digital communication uh, a lot more than I mean to, because that is not my heart. That is not who I am. 
uh, as a person. That doesn't fit my vision and values. And I wasn't even really aware of the dichotomy between a social and digital self, uh, social media and digital self, I should say, and my face-to-face self. Uh, My friend and sister in the industry, Ciara Gravier, uh, said, basically, you on social and you face-to-face are two very different people. And I know she didn't mean it uh, as a knock, as a condemnation, but I, I definitely have to think of it in that context because, you know, one of the strongest compliments I think we can give someone, uh, we as, as a society, as an industry, uh, as, you know, from one person to another is that they are the same person, regardless of whether they're on stage or off, regardless of what social circle they find themselves in. When, when I think of the people that I respect and admire the very most, they are the same person at all times in every circle. Uh, and they carry themselves, they speak in a very similar way, regardless of who the audience is, regardless of where they are. And I can't say that that is, is me. That's not how I operate, as much as I might like to think so. So this is where the apology part comes in. And if you have found yourself disliking me or finding me uh, to be toxic or any of those other negative words, uh, arrogant, cocky, condescending, elitist, um, confrontational, unkind, really any of those things, this is your unconditional apology from me because my perceived uh, communication really is at this point hindering my growth as a professional. And this is not just meant as a therapy session. I'm sharing this openly uh, and to the point of being honestly really uncomfortable being this transparent with an audience that will, over the course of weeks and months, be thousands of people. I'm sharing this because I think a lot of people out there, especially those uh, that have a similar personality type to me, uh, being a, a high type A you know, a disc profile, high D, high I type of person. I think far too often that profile, myself, of course, included, can come off as these negative uh, words that we've previously used. So if that's you, uh, if I have indeed been what I, you know, half jokingly, but honestly, probably, you know, not so much jokingly, refer to myself as the unintentional asshole and... That's definitely something that I have been working on and continue to work on. So, you know, in this 13 minutes of rambling on a topic that I think uh, is is very important, but uncomfortable to discuss, I think the differences between direct and succinct digital communication and that same type of approach with face-to-face communication where there's so many other nuances to uh, that communication, like body language and uh, nonverbal signals and facial expressions that just don't come across the same way in digital and social media communication. So if, if that's you, if I've been an unintentional asshole with you, here is your unconditional apology. And know that I really don't intend uh, to be perceived in that way. And it hurts my heart to know uh, that there are a lot of people out there that have a very negative impression of me simply because I come across far too often as too direct and too blunt and abrasive 
and condescending and cocky when I don't intend to be. There is a battle <laughs> that I think every very competitive person faces between being a good colleague, being a genuinely kind uh, industry peer, and being extremely competitive and wanting to win at all times. I kid you not, if we're playing tic-tac-toe, I want to beat you. And taking that competitive spirit and aligning it with a blue ocean mentality, where I can honestly say for my peers in the industry, I want you to win. I want all of you to win. And I want to win too. And I believe in my heart of hearts that there is more than enough business for all of us Everyone here listening to this podcast and everyone that I consider a peer and a friend in the industry, there's more than enough business and more than enough success available for the taking for all of us to get ours. There is plenty of pie. So having that juxtaposition of an extremely competitive spirit with having a certain amount of kindness uh, and consideration and just generosity and warmth uh, that I think all of us notice in people and respect and admire. You know, I, I think of uh, the Vonda Copelands of the world. You know, I don't know of anyone who ho holds ill will towards Vonda. She is almost universally admired and respected uh, and, and held in great affection. You know, that type of profile, even the people that really appreciate my content, that might say that they respect me or admire me. Those people are not going to feel that kind of warmth that many people feel for a Vonda type of person, of a, a Rob Bowen uh, type of person who is genuinely kind and humble in so many warm and friendly ways. I know people don't think of me in that way. So as we move forward, as we wrap this therapy session up and I give you that unconditional apology. What I will say, and I'll pivot real quick here and make sure that there's not um, too much uh, being unsaid. I recognize that there is a certain amount of directness in my content where I am challenging. I do make some people uncomfortable with the mission of what I'm doing, with calling you to evolve and to take ground and to up your game and improve your systems and processes, your scripts, the way that you close, the way that you hire, the way that you run your business. If that is why you don't like me because I make you uncomfortable and I push the envelope in ways that you don't want your envelope to be pushed, I'm not apologizing for that. I think that is one of the main reasons why this podcast exists and why I have the slightest privilege of having a voice or any influence at all in our industry. It really is uh, because like Ryan Hanley and so many others that I pay close attention to, I am one of the voices that is attempting to advance the status of the independent agency channel and push people in a positive direction. So I'm not apologizing for any of that, uh, but I'm definitely offering an unconditional apology if I have been an unintentional asshole in your eyes. So that's really that. I'm going to stop there and talk about what happens next. You are invited to participate in uh, the process. Uh, if you have someone that would be a great interview, if you would be a great interview, 
please feel free to reach out to me personally. I read every single email that comes to podcast at agencyfreedom.com. I welcome your communication. I look forward to dialoguing with you. And then from there, it really is just the continued feedback of what you like and what you don't like, of interacting with me uh, on social. Uh, And when we do have the privilege of being face-to-face, as I will be with uh, some of my killing commercial brothers and sisters in Key West uh, in late June, uh, as I will be at Innovation uh, for the IAOA crowd uh, in October. And yes, for those of you that were wondering uh, if I was planning to attend there, I said it publicly, I'm going to be in Nashville in October And I look forward to connecting with you personally if you're going to be there too. We're going to have some kind of an agency freedom event. I don't know yet what it's going to be, but I'm going to make sure there's an opportunity for all of us freedom jumpers to get face-to-face. And that is going to be part of our second year. So as we come to the end of this episode, from the bottom of my heart, please hear me when I say thank you very much for the opportunity uh, to participate in your journey. For whatever uh, credibility, whatever spot, Uh, in the people that you consider to be peers uh, and advisors and commentators. I appreciate being able to be a part of your journey. Uh, It is a privilege, a very humbling privilege that I do not take lightly. So thank you for being on this journey with me. Uh, Thank you for uh, accepting the apology if I have caused an offense uh, unintentionally with you uh, from the way that I communicate very directly and succinctly on, uh, on social media and digital platforms. I know that it impacts my message and my ability uh, to have the maximum value of what I'm trying to do in the industry. So thanks again, Freedom Jumpers, friends, and first-time listeners. Very much appreciate you. And this is the end of Episode 52, the Agency Freedom Podcast. Have a great day, boys and girls. We will talk to you again real soon. Thanks for listening to the Agency Freedom Podcast. Please subscribe to AFP on your favorite podcasting platform to get automatic updates on every new episode and help other people find us organically. If you like the content you hear, please drop us a quick review and tell the world what you like best. Most importantly, please share Agency Freedom with someone you know who is still on the captive side of the insurance world. They'll thank you later. You can connect with other Freedom Jumpers, ask questions, get advice, and share your best practices in our Facebook group. Just type Agency Freedom Podcast in the search bar. Visit our website at agencyfreedompodcast.com to sign up for our email list and get access to exclusive resources and sign up to be a potential future guest on the show. We welcome your comments, feedback, and ideas. Email podcast at riskwell.com and we'll look forward to hearing from you. Agency Freedom Podcast, where we help our listeners go from captive to indie to market domination. Until next time, let's go. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. 
really. We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial. But you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.